0: to you by La Skoda, the new name for Skoda in County Tipperary. Check out lahard.ie for their latest offers.
1: Hello, good evening and welcome to another edition of Extra Time. My name is Ronan Quirk. We're here until eight o'clock this evening. We'd love to know your thoughts on 083 311 3311 Lots to look back on tonight with so much sport over the weekend. We have Tipperary versus Fermanagh in the football. Another unfortunate defeat on the road for our Tipperary footballers. We have the Croke Cup semi-finals and we'll also look forward to Tip Waterford next Saturday here on uh, Tip FM. You can hear that game next Saturday night Tip Waterford in the stadium. Uh, we'll be announcing the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month for February. We have Geraldine Canaan with Camogie. Local rugby, Tom Conway will be with us to talk about Nina Ormond and St. Michael's. Our continuing to fly the flag for the TSDL in the FAI Junior Cup. Did a big journey up to Buncranagh and they got that quarterfinal victory. Uh, I think it was 1-0, Jimmy Carr with a penalty. We'll hear more about that from Ray Lonergan and Barry Ryan later in tonight's show. I announced, I just mentioned that we'll be announcing the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month for the month of February in a few moments. Just to let you know who our nominees were that came in over the course of of the month Brian Gleeson Lockmore native produced Man of the Match performances for the Ireland under 20s in that under 26 nations he's still underage again next year what a career that fella has in front of him Charlene Mawsey who defends her national 200 metre indoor title she's been competing of course for Ireland in uh, the European Indoors, which are taking place in Istanbul at the moment. The Abbey CBS won a Munster Senior B football title, qualified for the All-Ireland. Cashel Community School winning the Hearty Cup, beating Turles CBS, their first ever title uh, at that level for a, for a school who have only recently gone back up to Hearty Cup level. Nina Ormond beating Highfield, qualified for their first ever Munster Senior Cup final. They're just some of the nominees that have came into us over the course of the month of February. We'll be announcing the winner of the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month For February later on tonight's show and if you have somebody you'd like to nominate for March just send an email to sportstar at tipfm.com that's sportstar at tipfm.com don't forget our text number again is 083311 3311 that works for WhatsApp messages as well if you prefer to use Twitter our Twitter handle is at Tip FM Sport, but let's start tonight's show with reflections on the Tipperary for mana game. And I spoke just before we came on air to Martin Quinlivan, who often does some football analysis for us. And I began by asking Martin what, why the effort that was going in at training was not being translated onto the pitch for the Tipperary footballers.
2: Yeah, no, it's it, it appears to be that the move music from nearly everybody in the camp is that they're training exceptionally hard. Um, you know, no fault in terms of commitment or effort you know by, by those on in the playing staff and you know i would have had the pleasure of either playing with or working with pretty much most of the management team at some stage and i know i know from the caliber of those men that you know and women that there is no there would be no shortage of effort and thought and commitment and i'm sure like said so tommy Toomey has probably spent all day today pouring over the video and you know circulating it to the other management team and I'm sure the stats, Anthony Shelley doing the stats has probably done similar, you know, so there's no, no, there'll be no shortage of effort from any of them but, you know, unfortunately one well, of those of us on the outside, the only thing we can judge them on is the results and, you know, we've played, we got a draw in Longford which was a commendable result but other than that, we lost to Cavan by 12, we lost to Fermanagh by 9 and we lost Tantrum by 8 you know, probably the reasonable performance first day out against Down, which I think was a three or four-point defeat. Um, so it's very hard to make the case that we deserve anything but be where we are in the in the in the table as it stands. You know, as disappointing as that is to all concerned, but, you know, that's the reality, and that's where um, modern-day inter-county football has gone to, particularly in that Division 2 and Division 3 bear pit, because the prize our promotion is, uh, you know, it's, it's it's a championship within the championship, to be honest. Yeah. You know, uh, you, you get into the Sam McGuire and all the profile that that brings, um, or you're, you know, still yet banished to the, 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 the backwaters of the Charlton Cup.
1: Yeah, no, there's a couple of things to pick up on, even from what Declan Brown was saying in his post-match interview with Paul Carroll. Like, we're the authors of a lot of our own downfall. Um, mm-hmm. We do give up a lot of scores that come from our er- errors.
2: Yeah, and look, I'd say the the, the turnover. You know, I, I think what he's really saying is we get into you know the kind of middle to final third, and then attacking sense, get turned over, and the next you know a couple of seconds later, the opposition are getting a shot at goal from from within the scoring zone. And I've seen that not just this year, but you know certainly this year it's been uh, you know very pronounced in pretty much most of the matches or the highlights that you, you do get to see, and uh, you know that's that's disappointing. Now the, the turnover. Might well be doing from you know physical conditioning of players, fitness, you know wrong wrong decisions, and those things happen. Um, I do think you know if you know if, you, if if you were to be not critical but maybe you know helpful, I do think our defensive structure has um, been troublesome. Maybe since the likes of Robbie Kiley and, and Brian Fox are no longer on the scene, they, they, they tended to fill a lot of gaps behind the play, so that when the opposition did make those turnovers. You know the the, the, the experience that both Robbie Brian brought to the table in filling those gaps. Um, it didn't allow the opposition, at least not a free run into the scoring area. And I'm wondering, I don't know, you know, you're wondering at this stage. I mean, you know, if you're if you're being a realist, probably league survival is beyond us this year. You know, it's a really tall ask. I know we've two games, and only last week Ronan, we spoke positively that look if we could get two wins out of the last three, and that's still on the table. But we kind of were indicating maybe results had gone that neither Westmead nor Offaly would be in the promotion hunt and both of them had victories yesterday. Westmead's result against Antrim uh, was very noticeable. Um, but like it does mean very that sobering. both of them are going to have a huge amount to play for in the last two games because promotion is within their, their grasp and all that that brings. So there's going to be no less than. And then, of course, Offaly come to Tarlis, I think, on Saturday week and, you know, Liam Kearns comes back to town. Um, probably won't recognise many of the tip players. Funny enough, but uh, you know that's that would be another another factor to that. But I was just wondering over the course of today, thinking about it and going, look, like, what, what do you do? And maybe, maybe a fresh, a new voice in the within the background. I'm not saying anyone steps away by any means, no, but maybe bring in an extra voice, and particularly somebody who might come at it from a kind of defensive coaching point of view. So that you just become harder to score against. And it c- might keep you in a game longer. I mean, yesterday, the game was done at half time. I think the Antrim game, we were a good bit behind around half time as well. Kevin, big deficit at half time, You know, in, th- in that first 35 minutes, the games are getting away in us. And whilst we're honest and rallying a little bit in second halves and a better performance, you know, um, perhaps, you know, if, I don't know, as, as I said, I'm, I'm speaking purely from outside the group and it isn't a criticism of anybody. But perhaps if we are yielding up scores too too readily, maybe a fresh voice within the back, joining the camp over the course of the next couple of weeks would perhaps add a little bit there maybe in just defensive structure around, you know, defending the D, defending the scoring age, the scoring zone. I mean, from my perspective, as I said, looking at it as maybe as a realist, you possibly, like, this to salvage anything out of this season, you may well be looking towards the Talchin Cup. And,
1: and that's a fair point. Like we possibly could circle the wagons after this league is over, get a few players back, like Stephen O'Brien, um, a few more players with more game time, like Mark Russell, probably feeding into them, and you could give the Tallian Cup a rattle.
2: Yeah, Colonel Kendy as well. Um, no, hundred percent. Yeah, I think you know, and and that might well be the situation, which really means, you know, if 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 we if a form, form, I suppose, if standing you know. we obviously play Watford in the, in the Munster quarterfinal and the prize is a trip to Killarney um, so realistically the attitude to the remaining games against Daphne and Westmead potentially a Watford game and hopefully a victory and then a trip to Killarney you may well have four games to kind of gear yourself and get ready and say right we want everybody to be as fit as they possibly can be you know pitches will be good come I think it's May the Tottenham Cups kicks off you have three matches within the group And that might salvage the season. Fine, you're in, you know, unfortunately, you know, next winter you'll have to taste the reality of Division 4 football. But, you know, quite frankly, Ronan, I suppose the results, I won't say the performance and certainly not the effort, but the results we're having at the moment are of a Division 4 standard team. So, you know, that's just the the reality of where we are. But, you know, I, I wouldn't like to see, you know, this current group and this management team you know, just walk away from this year with, with nothing down did it last year. I think they lost every competitive game they played. Um, and, you know, that that is a hard place to come back from. But I do think the realistic ambition, as you said, to, to 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 focus your energy. You're not writing off the league, but you have to be reality and you have to kinda put a carrot in front of guys and go, Do you know what? You know, now we've had probably four game four competitive matches over the space of six weeks or seven weeks. And then in Week eight, we'll be, we 8 will be we'll have the opportunity to go into a brand new competition against a lot of the same teams or even division 4 level teams that we've we'll played against so far and you know none of them point we be not competitive in results terms uh, uh, you know at this stage of the year let's be better come come may and um, you know who knows yeah you know you could end up in you know near enough a semi final and walk away from the year with positivity and then as you said at that stage it's time to sit down and take a review of you know, have the current management, the appetite to continue, you know, what is the, the play and resource and what's, the, I suppose, in a way, it goes beyond the, the group that train in Dr. Morris Park twice twice or three times a week. It may well go all the way to county board level. Like, what is the future for Tipperary football? And that's, you know, a conversation for another day, yeah. and probably not until this season is done. But I do think, you know, the football supporters and in the county, indeed all supporters, because, you know, it's all part of the GEA family probably do need to sit down and um, you know have that discussion because remember up to 2008 we were perennially a Division 14.
1: Yeah no John
2: Evans and rattled the whole you know the whole system and kind of an awful lot flowed from that Uh, and is that where we're heading back to and are people happy and satisfied for that to be? That's a strategic decision I suppose that you know needs to be had at the higher levels of of the county and that will be needed to be had but not until the season is over and hopefully You know, this group and the management management team that's still currently and the group of players there deserve to walk away with some level of positivity for the future. And um, I think the Colgham Cup gives us an opportunity to achieve that.
1: Martin, as always, many thanks for your efforts. Cheers, Ronan. That's Martin Cullivan speaking to me just before we came on air this evening after Tipperary's... Defeat on the road to Man, another nine-point defeat for Tipperary, and uh, two games left against Westmead and Offaly. And when you see the result Westmead put on Antrim yesterday, you just have to wonder where a win might come for the Tipperary footballers but hope springs eternal two wins from those two games and he would be looking at staying in Division 3 but as Martin quite rightly points out there the results at the moment aren't Division 3 standard and we just hope for a turnaround soon and that some of the effort that's been put in in Dr Morris Park gets reflected on the board with results uh, we'll take a quick commercial break back with Hurling after this
0: Extra time on Tip FM brought to you by La Heart Skoda, the new name for Skoda in County Tipperary. Check out laheart.ie for their latest offers. Now,
1: well, I was telling you earlier on in the show the nominations we had for our February Sports Star of the Month award, and I'm delighted to tell you that the winner of the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month for February is Cashel community school after their first ever win in the Harty Cup, an historic win and it made all the more memorable by the fact that they are so recent recruits to this level of schools hurling a dramatic win in front of a large crowd, a passionate crowd uh, over near neighbours Turles CBS. Well obviously Turles CBS and Cashel then progressed into the Crow Cup element of schools hurling and to give us a flavour of what happened, not great news unfortunately JJ Kennedy was there, hi JJ Hi Ronan. We'll start with the uh, Kieran's game because I suppose when you looked at that Kieran's cashel game you'd have had to say that the kind of the kingpins and the role of honour doesn't lie when it comes to Kieran's. Now Kieran's did lose the Leinster final to a very strong awfully combined unit, which somebody described to me as being akin to the awfully minor hurling team almost. Yeah, that's that,
3: that's true. But um I I, I guess the Kieran's the Kierdans line out you can say it's, it's it's akin to, think a, a Kenny line-out and um, I suppose putting it in perspective, uh, if you look at the records, uh, this this is uh, St Kieran's eighth consecutive year to qualify for the, the Crow Cup final. Now there were there were two years out there because of um, COVID, because of COVID, but it's eight out of ten years they've made the final on each occasion, and uh, that's the level you're, you're you're talking about. That's that's the that's the quality you're talking about. So. I guess from that perspective, you know, Cashel went in as, uh, you know, significant outsiders in this competition. And, uh, but give us, I I thought, give us a really good rattle. Um, You know, the first quarter, 14, 15 minutes in, the scoreboard is is reading 1 4 to 1 point in in favour of Cashel. Um, And that wasn't expected. And you could see that the Kingsley heads were a bit ruffled. You know, this this wasn't what they expected either. Ronan Connolly I guess, was, was, was the spearhead of that at full forward. You know, a great goal and, uh, you know, just a great target man in there. And himself and, himself and Bobby Power, um, who was the real springer on this team because he hadn't been there in previous games, uh, played extremely well in the forward line. But, you, you know, Ronan, when you're against the odds like that uh, and in the game overall, in the 60 minutes, you, I guess you need, you need to do two things. You need to make sure that the opposition don't get handy scores, particularly goals. And then you need to take every opportunity that falls to yourself. That's those are the two requirements really. When you're when you're the underdog, you're the outsider. And uh, Cashel were a bit unlucky, I think, on on both counts. Um, they had three goals given away before half time, and you'd have to say, you know, one of them was just just straightforward bad luck, where you know an attempt at a point came back off the post and and fell straight to the forward who put it back in the net. The other two, I, I think, when Cashel looked back you know, they'll they'll say, you know, that their defence and goalie probably a little bit hesitant and might have done a bit better on those. Um rather than coming from brilliant students play, uh, even though they were finished very well, you'd have to say, but you know, they, from a defensive and a casual point of view you'd say that they always had the goals you shouldn't be giving away. Yeah. Um and then in the second half there was a pivotal moment in the second half when um there were six points down at half time, but again Cashel came at him again in the second half and there was a pivotal moment, I'd say, about halfway through, when Ronan Connolly had a chance of a goal and uh, now depending on your spe- your perspective, you can regard it as brilliant defending or, or maybe a miss by the forward. But uh, he, he was he was in on goal but he was he was hooped uh, at, the, at the last minute and, and I think the the chance was snuffed out. A goal there would really have set the set the match up brilliantly. Um a few frees missed as well, you know. So I, 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 not, I don't want to be critical of these lads because they have been fantastic. And they have, what they have done and what they have achieved is just unreal. But just from a pure analysis point of view, you know, I think that's that's just what hit them on the day. You know, they gave away those bad scores, and they and him, the ones that they might have got themselves, just didn't fall them. And, and the net result was they lost by seven points, which I think was a bit of an injustice, really. Um, kieran has got a few points near the end that put that margin between them. But really, you know, a savage effort by Cashel, again, huge, huge uh, efforts. Some of their, maybe some of their better players in other games didn't really shine out on this occasion. But in terms of effort and, and, and commitment, and against the odds and against the physical size of, of Cairns, I thought Cairns had a significant advantage in terms of, of physique. You know, they looked to me like a team that had a number of players right up to the age, um, but that didn't, that didn't start, it. They just went at it and they gave it everything. And I, I think they can hold their heads high.
1: After. Uh, I think they can. And I hope that that defeat at the hands of Kieran's doesn't in any way take from their... They should reflect on the glory of that Hearty Cup because it was so dramatic. Unreal was the word you used and I think that's fair. Uh, historic, you know, because the Hearty Cup is is such a major competition. When you have a player like Ronan Connolly who is so important for Cashel and you put him on the edge of the square, is there a temptation sometimes when things aren't going your way to take him out of there to try and get him more influence on the game? But he's such a goal threat. it's It's a hard one to balance, isn't it?
3: It is, yeah, it is. He started very well in there, and he was, he had, he certainly had the the game's defence bothered. They didn't, you know, he's physically big. He's very good under the ball, very good in the air, and uh, they didn't know how to handle him early on. Now, as the game developed, uh, Cashel did, you know, bring him out, and and as you say, maybe less effective when when, when he's brought out. But that's, you know, that's that's the way with these games. You're, you're trying to to read the thing. You're trying to get best advantage. They. You know, in the second half, they, they they shoved some of their defenders up into the attack. Gerald Wilde and Dylan Forberty, um was, was actually having a great game. You know, they shoved these guys up into the ta- into attack to try and just get the scores. W- one of their problems, Ronan, was that Cashel only had two scorers on, on Saturday. Um, Ronan, Ronan Connolly, as we mentioned, scored 1-6. And uh, Bobby Power uh, scored 1-3 from play, which was an, an incredible haul for a fellow who hadn't been there. Uh, in, in previous games um, but that was you know the fact that they only had two scores whereas you had uh, maybe seven or eight scores from Cairns I think probably tells a a bit of the tale as well
1: Yeah well congratulations to Cashel on all they've achieved from a thorough CBS point of view they're going to hate these being on the, another the wrong side of another one point defeat they lost I think by a single point to Cashel in the Harty Cup and they lost by a single point again um, now they didn't have as long a layoff as Athan Rye had, and I wonder whether that extra game they had to play in the quarter final might have caught up with them a little.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think so. Really, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really go there. Um, this, you know, this was you know going into the matches in Burr, uh on Saturday, you would have felt that Perlis probably had the better chance of of getting through to the final, uh, and I think it certainly panned out that way. Probably in the end. Um, there was funny enough to, a few things about the game. It, it was a very disappointing game. I think the casual game was, was exciting. It was thrilling. You had a lot of scores. You had end-to-end stuff. It, it was a great spectacle. There was, there was a real buzz about it. Uh, for some strange reason, they, the second game, the CBS one against uh, Presentation College at July was flat. It was dead. It was it was one of those defence-dominated games where neither goalie got a shot to block and uh, it was kind of dour. Um Nine points, to eight at half time, You know that one time margin again. Uh, you know uh, Turles behind by the single point again at half time. and it pretty much stayed that way, Rowan, throughout the match. It was a point or two points behind. I think there was one brief period, middle of the second half, where Turles, for a, for a few moments got their nose of the head, but mostly they were chasing it, and 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 just couldn't couldn't nail it down. Um, I I think a couple of players, probably one or two players, maybe from for the Right crowd, really just tilted the balance here. They had a very strong lad centre-field, uh, Tiernan Lean, who scored four points from play, which was a huge contribution. And, and of course, their other big player is a guy called uh, Aaron Nyland. He's a, he's a brother of Evan Nyland, the people would be familiar with playing for the Galway Seniors. And um, Aaron, he, he was a free-taker, good in general play. And Now, Tal Cashel, did a good job of sort of neutralising him as much as possible in general play, but he was very good in the free's and uh, he, he was their main score-getter. Against that Tullis, they, they just they just struggled a bit. They could never really get on top of the game. They could never really get in front and, and take take the challenge to them. I, I actually think, Ronan, maybe they, they defeat in the Hartley final just knocked the stuffing out of them a bit, and it was very hard to come back from that.
1: Well, I do think for Tipperary teams and perhaps for Munster teams, Hartley Cup is the Everest. The Crow, Park Cup, hmm. Crow, the Crow Cup is a nice bonus, but it's not what you set out at the start of the year to achieve so I can take your point that you know the deflation that comes from losing a hearty it's very hard to, to, to uh, rally those troops again
3: It is it is it, it, it's, I know for people maybe, who don't follow the thing it sounds a, a strange situation it would be like in senior hurling saying the Munster final was everything and the all Ireland really secondary or whatever which wouldn't be really the case but certainly you are you're absolutely right in in post primary school hurling the hearty is what's remembered and uh, that's what will be recalled in the future, and we don't we don't pay much heed to the All Ireland series. And I guess when you have a team like Kearns, you know, which tends to draw from all the best clubs in, in Kilkenny and and from outside Kilkenny as well, from Leash, from from Carlow, from from all neighbouring counties, um, they've tended to to dominate the the Coal Cup. You know, twenty one wins. They're a mile ahead of everybody else.
1: They've had a couple um, of handy Tipperary players as well, one own Kelly, I think. They I did, them,
3: yeah. they did. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, so it's a little bit of, of uh, a, an uneven playing pitch because of that. Um, you know, the likes of Cashel are only drawing from Cashel Town and, and the surrounding parish. Oh, I,
1: I think that's a fair point. But like we had this over the years, North Mon, St. Coman's in Formoy, mm-hmm. uh, Flannan's in Ennis. Always because of their boarding, were able to pad out their teams yeah. with multiple counties. Um so, the end of boarding in Coleman's, the end of boarding in Flannins, they haven't been yeah. as strong. But from the point you're making, I think anyone who looks promising as a hurler, maybe in Kilkenny, yeah. is almost sent to Kieran's to have a crack at the Crow Cup.
3: He is, absolutely. And, uh, and I mean, that shows, I mean, you just go through, the, just go through their line you know, two of the Ballyhale Shamrocks, first 15, playing, playing for them on Saturday, you know, a Kilkenny player that lined out against us in the National League. Playing for them, you know, uh, another another uh, leash. Uh, uh, sorry, Carlo, uh, county senior hurler playing for them. Um, they just have they just have kind of strong players all over, and, uh, and and it shows. And I again, I often make the point that I think Kenny's is, is a more compact county than Tipperary. You know that all of the all of the best clubs there geographically they're closer together, so they'll all gravitate towards, as you say, the best players for them will gravitate towards and uh, and, uh, and, and fair juicer, yeah. I mean, you can't you can't take from their record it's, it's
1: incredible uh, Just to move on with commiserations to both uh, Thurlis CBS and Cashel Community School just to move on to events in the stadium this coming Saturday night and it's uh, I think about 7 o'clock throwing in the stadium for Tipperary against Waterford is it fair to say that when we're having a conversation next Monday night we'll know an awful lot more than anything we'll have learned about the Liam Cals tenure as the Tipperary Senior hurling Manager heretofore
3: yeah, I, I think that's probably a fair comment. Now, we might be contradicting it and have a different slant on Monday night, but from this perspective, I think that's that's a fair comment. Um, you know, looking at the league uh, schedule in advance, you would immediately have picked out, say, the, the Kenny match in Nolan Park and Waterford in the stadium as the two key fixtures in, in Tipperary's schedule of games uh, with respect to, you know, to, to Leach and to Antrim and the other teams. Um they were the two big ones, uh, Kilkenny and, and, and Waterford. And you know, we came up from the Kilkenny one, so everything is, is, is rosy at the moment and going fine. So this is the this is the real test now to see if, if there is real substance to to what we've been doing because I, I expect both teams will really go for this one. This is a this is a big one and uh, there are all sorts of angles you could talk about it, you know, in terms of the managers and so on and um, well, you know, let's
1: face it. Liam was the manager of, this time last year. Liam was down in Waterford, you know. Um, it's David's it was, second coming.
3: Yeah, and and Liam was the manager for the last two league meetings between the counties when Waterford beat us on both occasions. Um,
1: and beat us so in the championship league, last year, you know. And beat us in
3: championship, so they, they certainly have had have had the better of it in in, in recent history, and that's there to be corrected. And um, you know there were also, I suppose, you, you've own Kelly. You mentioned him already. He's He's with Waterford and we have Tony Brown up here with us. So there's all sorts of crisscrossing of, of players and it all adds a little bit of intrigue that's into it. But it is, it is a massive game and, and it really will tell us, I think, an awful lot as to you know, whether the, the, the promise that we've seen uh, so far in the league, whether there's real solid substance there and, and it's going places... I think this
1: is going to be the big one. And does it matter that it's in Thurlis and not in Walsh Park? I know Walsh Park is undergoing redevelopment and even if it was a home game for Waterford, they wouldn't have been able to play it there anyway. That's not the point I'm making. But the fact that we're have what we both bigging up here as a pivotal game is on in Thurlis. Does that add maybe a little bit more pressure on the home side and maybe it's more of a free swing for Davy insofar as there isn't really a free swing involved next Saturday?
3: Yeah, I, I I don't I wouldn't score too far on that. I don't I don't think it makes it makes an awful lot of difference. Um, you know, Waterford like Torles. In fact, Waterford are going to play more games in Torles this year than Tipperary. That's true, actually, um, yeah. So it'll be good practice for them. They, you know, they like Turles and, and it suits their style of play actually. Um, you know, the the Waterford team we've seen in, in recent years, which has this kind of running game and likes open play and all of that. Um the stadium certainly suits them, but again, it's home for, the, for Tip. Home thing. I, I don't see that as as the major factor um, either way. Um, it'll be just. It's just going to be fascinating, I think, we're going to see you know what what uh, line out first of all to
4: yeah.
3: have things into this one because we, we have. It's been incredible so far this spring. I mean, I was doing a, a check there. I think he has played thirty-eight different players uh, since January. In the between the Monster League and 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 the National League and and also the, the Dylan Quirk Foundation game, 38 different players and he's chopped and changed and he's put fellas in unusual positions and so on. So he's really he's really rung the changes and he's trying everything. He's shuffling the pack every way he can. And though so at this stage now he's probably beginning to to tone it down and beginning to find some bit of stability. So it's going to be interesting to see the team that goes out. And, uh, and then more important, of course, how, how individuals perform against a test like
1: what uh, they're going to bring. I'd love to see a kind of a big crowd on a cold, crisp night in Turles. You know, it could make for a really good spectacle. It could make for a really interesting game of Hurling. It
3: could. Uh, and I, I, think, I think you may well have that. I mean, one of the one of the features this spring, and even looking at football games for the weekend there, um, the crowds that are turning out to, to lead games, Hurling and football, is, is extraordinary. it's it's as if it's a kind of a, a post-COVID phenomenon that people are just so glad to be back out and yeah. normality resumed, and we're off to league matches again. Um, so I'd expect a good crowd here because you know Tip's Tip's form. I mean, the tip supporters, okay, you have a core element who will go anyway, but there's a lot of supporters that they'll they'll tend to go when there's real promise being shown by the team, and and we have that. You know, they're going well at the moment. And here's a big game against Watford, so I, I think he will have a big crowd there on Saturday. Yeah, I and, think so. uh, it, it, it has been advertised; it is being televised,
1: I should say. I think as well. I think TG Car have it, which is TG unusual. Carr, yeah, it's unusual a Saturday night. I think most of those games tend to be on RT, but I think TG Car have it on Saturday. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. It's on Tip FM, but from seven o'clock onwards, uh, Paul Carroll will be with you. Uh, JJ, we've a lot to discuss next Monday night. I look forward to it. Talk to you then. Take care yeah, and thank thanks you. for that. That's uh, JJ Kennedy with news of the Croke Cup semi-finals. Kieran's and Athan Rye advance in that at the expense of Cashel and Thurles CBS. Uh, just before we take an ad break, let's have a quick word of Geraldine Canaan who's going to talk us through Camogie. Hi hey, Ger, how are you?
5: How you doing,
1: Ronan? Uh, listen, I mean we always use Cork as a yardstick for as a barometer of where we're at and unfortunately it's a two point defeat again at the hands of Cork but is there any green shoots here that you can see bearing in mind how impressive they've been the girls have been up to this point?
6: Oh definitely for me you know it was, there was plenty of green shoots there and look I know it was a 2 point defeat, but it could have really gone any anyway, you know even the Cork's last point I suppose Tip were very much so on the attack and they just caught us on the break so there was really only a point between and just as we were pushing forward looking for you know looking for that winning score and um, Got caught, we got caught in the break there, but like it could have gone easier. It was a really fifty fifty match and you know, I felt we stood up to the test of Cork and we you know, whatever they'd run at as we met him and look, in the end I suppose they were a bit more clinical maybe and a few small things could have swung it, you know, either way. But I, I was very impressed with the overall performance. I thought um the management would have learned loads from it and I wouldn't be too downbeat about the defeat. Um, you know, with girls coming back with girls you know, trying out different positions and different things, and you know, overall, I think they acquitted themselves very well. And I suppose for me, it's just about matching it now. In two weeks' time, when we're playing Clare, we seem to be able to get up for these kind of bigger teams, and you know, a bit lacklustre then against like the likes of Dublin. And just you know, if we just suppose it'd be disappointing if if we can't match that performance again, or even. Uh, find another gear against Clare I think that would be the big one in two
1: weeks time Dennis Kelly described it as a humdinger the kind of games you want so while he may have been disappointed with the results it sounds to me like he like, very much like along the lines of what you said he wouldn't be disappointed with the performance and that sort of a game that level the level that they're playing at just brings them all on
6: yeah and look Saturday was a fine day the pitch was in perfect condition it was a real championship feel to it and you know Cork management were in front of me and they constantly talk about speed 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 and that's the game they were playing and you know other years I suppose they might have blown us out of the water or we would have stayed with them for 40 minutes and, and faded then but there was no fading today or Saturday and, you know in fact we were probably the stronger of the two teams in the second half maybe lost their way a small bit in the first half but you know I thought the management changed tactics up in the second half as well Saoirse McCarthy was causing a lot of damage for Cork and we moved Karen kendy from centre back out to midfield to midfield her up and you know she she not only I suppose quite in serious McCarthy but she also created some scoring chances as well and it was great to see Clara de Cork slot in there centre back and no problem and you know like Catherine Ryan back after a few years in Australia is has up to is up to the pace of intercounter championship Camogie Camo- Camo- already. Kweva Matter I suppose experiment I suppose playing her in the forwards is is going really well. So a lot of things that they're trying out a lot of new things are going really well, and a lot of questions, I suppose, were answered. And look, we're still mm. unfortunately didn't get the win. But I, you know, I think I'm feeling that in the long run, it could be it could be the better of the could be a good very good result. And I think a, a win might have, you know, maybe we could not get carried
1: away. But no, no. But I mean, better
6: chance maybe to work on the things after a defeat than there are when you win. Sometimes you know.
1: Well, Jared, there's a lot of upbeat tones coming from your voice. I'm just reading the match report here, and Grace O'Brien is described as outstanding.
6: Yeah she was very good everything she touched really in the first half was the score I think she got three or four points um, you know and it's kind of gasp because I suppose she wouldn't be the the tallest player in the field but she was catching ball and taking on her player and you know she was I suppose everything that was good about tipping the opening half uh, came through grace Um, a bit quieter in the second half but still finished off a crucial goal and I suppose we probably just or maybe Cork kind of shut up shop a bit more in the second half but we didn't seem to get the same good supply of ball integrated in the second half which I suppose was, was something definitely to work on but she was definitely on fire there in the forwards
1: Yeah I know a positive day all round for the ladies and we wish them well uh, Ger as always many thanks for your time Thanks Ronan having... Take it easy that's Ger Canan with news of that two point win for Cork in the rag on at the weekend that's the first defeat Dennis Kelly's charges have suffered at his hands but as Ger was saying there's a lot of positives out of that We'll take a break rugby after this
0: Extra Time on Tip FM, brought to you by La Heart Skoda, the new name for Skoda in County Tipperary. Check out laharts.ie for their latest offers.
1: Well, things are going really, really well up in Liz for Nina Ormond at the moment, because don't forget they've got a Munster Senior Cup appearance imminent, but their league performance and their league form at the moment is absolutely superb. Tom Conway was there for Tip FM Sport. Hi, Tom.
5: Hi, Ron. How are you doing?
1: Uh, yet another win for Nina. I mean, I don't know how many on the trot this is, but this is serious promotion form.
5: It is serious promotion form, no doubt. They're unbeaten in 2022. Since Christmas, they've been on a effectively a winning streak. And, and you're right when you say there's kind of a an air of excitement around Linsatone. You can really see that the club is thriving. The first team is thriving. There's a real kind of feel-good mood. And what I suppose... In the immediate term, now turn to that Munster Senior Challenge Cup final against Young Munster. That's in Pullman Park on the 16th, the eve of St Patrick's Day. Everyone really looking forward to that. But certainly promotion is what NIA will be looking at this season. They're they're now third in the table. Uh, I think or they, they might even be second. Queen's University are on top. They're only two points ahead of them. So it is a real possibility. There is no doubt about it. This team is capable of it.
1: And like the once mighty. Mina coming down to, to visit. And, uh, like, I'm not saying the game is over at half-time, but I don't know, did Nina ever look like they were going to lose it?
5: Well, the game looked like it was over at half-time. Now, it must be said, I suppose we have to temper uh, temper expectations a little bit. Nina did fall apart to a certain extent in the second half. There was always going to be a Ballymina resurgence. You know, the three, a three-and-a-half-hour journey down, they made the journey down on... On the Saturday morning, uh, probably tired and fatigued, coming off the bus. But once they got going, they played some real good rugby. Now, really, what I think the big victory was: Nina managed to contain them in the last 15 minutes. They scored a last last ditch Patrick Scully try, which really sealed the deal from a Nina perspective. And it was it was testament to the work they put in, particularly in the pack in the latter stages of their game.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's uh, some big fixtures coming up for them. I think there's only three games left in the league.
5: That's all. Only three games left, and remember, it goes to the promotion playoffs. But there's a playoff system which will dictate uh, who goes forward to Division One. It's it's so- a bit
1: complex. Just to explain to listeners, I think the top side gets automatically promoted, and then. Uh, the fourth team plays the team that finishes second last in the division ahead of them while the second and third teams play against each other and then the winners of that those two play each other for see who gets the second promotion place I hope that's clear
5: yeah that's it precisely it is a complex I love the way you say precisely invented,
1: but anyway yes
5: it seems inventive confuse people but certainly Nina are, are well within reach of, of promotion And I mean, it really is a a dramatic turnaround when you compare it to last season. You know, this Nia team struggling in terms of relegation last season just about managed to retain their Division 2A status. So it's a a major turnaround. I was speaking to John Long, the the Nina director of rugby, the coach. He feels kind of the new management team combined with a number of other factors, certain players have kind of evolved, they've matured, they've got a couple of young guns now within their ranks, which have added kind of Added depth to the squad, really. And all those, that, that constellation of factors has kind of come together and ensured Nina
1: have had the season that they've had. I wish, uh, I'm sure people in Cashel wish they had the Christmas that Nina had because, as you said, Nina are unbeaten since Christmas. Cashel's winning and pre-Christmas form was excellent. It's come a little unstuck. Post-Christmas, they lost to UL or MU Barnhall and probably now will be facing a struggle to get back into that promotion places.
5: Yeah, you see, it's a critical juncture in the season now, and I mean, a lot will depend on how body falls up. I mean, it, it is a long and gruelling season, very physically taxing on players. Now, Nina have had the depth in the squad this year, which has made a difference. Each game, they've been able to rotate their pack, which I think is probably crucial. Not sure Cash will have that same strength and depth. Maybe they do, and maybe they'll surprise us. I mean...
1: It would be fantastic to have two Tipperary teams. It would be a hell of a playoff for match if the two of them uh, find themselves against each other. Elsewhere in Division 2C, a defeat for Clonmel, uh, this time against Scaries, but they still stay in fourth place, still stay in that promotion push. So it's uh, it looks, from a Tipperary point of view, three Tipperary teams all pushing for promotion as we come into the last three games and the last essentially the last furlong of this long season.
5: Yeah, and it's fantastic, really, Ronan, because when you think of it, you know, we're a rural county. We're not traditionally a rugby heartland when you compare it to the clubs inside in Limerick, the likes of Young Munster, the likes of Gary On. So it's fantastic to see such a, a variety of tip clubs doing so well. It really points to, I think, the work that's being done at development level in the county. You have to, you know, I spoke to Noel O'Mara, who's a Munster development officer, former Nina player, during the week and he's you know—he's working hard along with his colleagues you have various people within the various clubs working very very hard mm. and this is just testament to their hard work, to their diligence.
1: Indeed and thanks indeed for your hard work and diligence as well Thomas over the course of the weekend, we'll talk soon
0: Thanks, thanks a million Ron. pleasure Extra Time on Tip FM, brought to you by La Harte Skoda, the new name for Skoda in County Tipperary Check out laharth.ie for their latest offers
1: while the Friends of Tipperary Football were making their way up to Fermanagh for their match on Sunday, the Friends of St. Michael's Football Club had to make their way further north to get up to Buncranna to take on uh, the home team in the FAI Junior Cup quarterfinal. Ray Lonergan from St. Michael's is with us. Hi, Ray. Morning, hi. <laughs> it's a hell of a journey.
4: Yeah, it is. I'm not long back myself. It's, <laughs> well, back there you back. go.
1: 24 hours yeah. later, you make it back home. Ray, yeah. it's a lot easier to make that journey home when you've won. Well,
4: it is, and we had experience maybe four or five years ago coming back from Donegal after a defeat.
1: You went to so Carindana, it was, was it?
4: it? No, it was uh, Greencastle. Oh, right, sorry. But yeah, it, the lads were ecstatic going back in the bus because it was a hard, hard fought, very hard-fought you win, know, I must say, against a good a good Bunt crying of hearts to
1: him. Well, in fairness, if you're down were, to the last days,
4: I was told they were season and a, and a half unbeaten, so they were a fir- fierce threat, you know, to us.
1: But if you're and in the last eight of the FAI Junior Cup, Ray, you kind of have to expect a battle.
4: You certainly would, and there was full commitment from both sides. We would obviously have liked to have got the ball down and played more, but it developed into a sort of a, a fully blood, full-blooded battle, and I thought Orleans coped very well with it. If you don't forget, we have 321 21-year-olds and crossed the back line yesterday and um, really came of age. And the older lads were fantastic as usual, you know, Paul Breen. I won't say older for Russell Kirk And Jimmy Kerr was double-marked a few times, but he did manage to win the game for us.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah so you see, so it was a, mid, a penalty midway through the second half, I understand.
4: About, about five minutes into the second half, I would say, yeah. And we, there was a bit of pressure building and I think they panicked a bit. There was a handball which was spotted and... Uh, It's going to take something like that to win it now because it was a very, very tight game. Every tackle, every header, every physical challenge was met, you know, equally by both sides. And it was one of those games where everybody was going to leave what they had on the field. And it was a mighty relief when when the whistle went, you know, although we did use our experience to see out the game towards the end. I thought we did that very well. They got a little bit frustrated with, you know, our ability to kind of hold the ball. And it was good.
1: Yeah, but Ray, um, if yeah. if you look at a campaign over the course of a season, yeah. and if you just look at a cup campaign, particularly the FAI, because it's so flipping hard to win, you've yeah. got to be able to mix the sort of the nice, beautiful play on the Cook Park surface with the battles up in Donegal. You you yeah. can't always have plan A, stick to plan A, and hope it gets you through. There has to be a plan B, and it seems like the team has enough. Yeah, Goff
4: that's, that's, that's to get what them was really heartening for the management now. Uh, speaking to John Cremins and Micheál Bourne and that, you know, really delighted with the way the players were able to adapt to a different type of game. It wasn't the type of game where you could impose yourself on it, but you had to adapt to what... It was a strange surroundings as well. It was an unusual setup, and, the, you know, the pitch was lovely, pristine pitch, but it was right beside the road and no spectators came in. They were all along the road edge on one side and like they were six deep along with blue and white flags. It was a fairly intimidating atmosphere. Lovely people, I must say, but they wanted their team to win badly and um, t- that team had been going well. Yeah. So it was great to get out of it with the, with the win, you know.
1: So you're in the last four?
4: S four, no. Um, I was looking at the other matches. ninety um, of Limerick beat Killarney on penalties. Awesome. Gory, Gory would be our opponents in the semi-final they won 2-1 had been 2-0 up against Colgate FC of Galway and and uh, who were good this year Newmarket Celtic beat Crumlin 2-0 Crumlin of Dublin and then ourselves you know away to Boncréna so we play the Wexford team now um, away in Gory. okay I think it's in Gory, but we'll be in Wexford anyway and um, Ballynanti play Newmarket so Limerick Wexford clear
1: and tip yeah in fairness that We've said Newmarket a couple of times. I wouldn't be at all surprised, but that Ballinanti team seemed to be very, very strong in Limerick this year. And if you know, see, I'm not essentially making anyone favourites, but like anyone who beats Ballinanti will be fairly handy. Because I'm yeah. kind of surprised. Killarney um, took them to penalties.
4: Yeah, it, it was Killarney Possibly may have lost one or two players to carry FC, who yeah.
1: are no. But like I, I speaking to Barry earlier about Peak, when Peak went out to. To Killarney, uh, Peak were disappointed to go out to Killarney. So I'm just a little surprised that Killarney took them all the way to penalties because that Ballinlanty side is good.
4: Yeah, we well, we um come and We played Ballinlanty pre-season a couple of times, and and Mihai did say you know, we wouldn't be surprised to meet them later in the season. They're good, you know, and they they had you know they've done for you managing an Um you know they'd, they'd be well prepared, and of course, the Limerick League is fairly competitive, as we know. Oh, yeah. if, if you are representing Limerick, you you you'll be, you know, one of the better junior sides in the country because you know they'd have Pike and Fairview and Carew Park and those. You know, and if you're on a pair with those, you're you're capable of going all the way in that competition. You know,
1: Ray, please pass on our congratulations to everyone in St. Michael's. Great, great win on the road all the way up to Buncranna. A lot of football <laughs> left to go yet, Ray. So uh, it's a story we'll keep following. Yeah, thanks a lot. Take care. That's Ray Lonergan, uh, who I think, I don't know what his official title is, but he's, uh, he's a committee member, put it that way, of uh, St. Michael's, probably more elevated status than that. My apologies for not knowing his full title, but I think he's president maybe. But anyway, be our chairman, be that as it may, he is uh, well-rounded on news of St. Michael's. Barry Ryan, who's our normal football correspondent on the line. Barry, great win for Saints, isn't it?
7: Absolutely, look, um, they, they do what they do, 1-0 to St. Michaels, um, it's a bit like the old George Graham, 1-0 to the Arsenal, Listen you on, know, yeah. they just how many times do we see it, um, and even, you know, I spoke on Friday night about how, you know, well prepared they were travelling up the day before, everything booked and so on, but they actually managed to turn Bunkrana into home game with a colossal Tipperary Town sport up in Bunkrana, which is incredible, it's one thing maybe, you know, going to Waterford and bringing a big crowd, but to go to Donegal and to almost outnumber the home team, it's incredible, and the players rose to, to meet that.
1: Yeah, it's it's a tremendous victory for them. But there's other results we probably should touch base on before we go off air tonight. Um, in the Tipperary Cup quarter final, Oldbridge beating Clammeltown. Raise yeah. my eyebrows.
7: Yeah, look, it's an incredible result. Um, I suppose that sometimes there's a danger of focusing so much on Town and where it went wrong. Uh, we probably should you know focus on Oldbridge and what an unbelievable performance. Sean Martin, the star of the show, a one man show up top, unbelievable. Um huge performance from him and told him Gary was an absolute screamer and look fair play to him it's a massive result for everybody in Oldbridge it's a tromel derby it's a result that um, I think Luke was in every WhatsApp group Sunday evening you know it, it was a ma- as big an upset in the Tipperary Cup as I can remember in a long long time particularly because
1: it was in the complex and not in Green Lane
7: there was no, there was nothing, like there was no, sometimes you can get caught with an ambush. Uh, it was a sunny day, couldn't have been nicer, it was in the complex, town were on a really good run. There was no signs whatsoever um, that this could happen.
1: The only thing I'd say is, from a town point of view, maybe they're going to look at that and say, right, the league, we just had, like, that's that, our, our hiccup, we've had our hiccup.
7: Yeah, look, absolutely, but I suppose the Town went out of the monster in the F.A.I. early, and when the draw was made for the Tip Cup and Peckville drew St Michael's straight away, Camlough Town would be thinking we haven't won a trophy in a good number of years. That's fair, this is yeah. a this is a massive opportunity, and I suppose the one thing that rang true talking to everybody Sunday evening when the result came through, it would never happen in Cu
1: Park. Okay, that's a good point too. Celtic beat Care Park in the other quarter final.
7: Yeah, and look, a good win, Darren Sweeney getting the goal. Uh, Oldbridge getting through, no disrespect for them, but old the well, Celtic will now think, well, look, there, there possibly is a pathway to a Tipperary Cup final now and it may be another huge Camel Derby. But Oldbridge will also come off the pitch in the complex thinking, well, we could get to a Tipperary Cup final now like Wildies did last year. So, um, you know, it, it, there's a feeling of it being wide open now and that was another really good result for Celtic.
1: You know, you talk about WhatsApp groups, uh, Barry, but you certainly created, not a storm, but a stir last week when you mentioned Sean Brown and the amount of goals he got. You've got some data for us.
7: Yes, we got the feedback. 18 goals this season. Um, and Which is over.
1: impressive, but what's more impressive...
7: Over 70 goals in the last three seasons. 70 goals. Like, I mean, and that's just. This is for. And like didn't. With absolute, the utmost respect to Wilderness, this is a team who I suppose are battling down the, to that end of the table to stay in the division. So chances are at a premium in, in an awful lot of games where, you know, you might be a little bit more on the back foot. So, you know, without wishing to, like, be making that he would sign for Cromwell Town or St. Michael's or whatever. But how many goals would he score in a team that's on the front foot for 90 minutes, creating chance after chance? You know, so he's a player he's just really grabbed my attention in the last couple of seasons
1: prolific I think is what you'd say yeah, absolutely very, you mentioned cool. Sean O'Hara yeah it was Sean O'Hara when I remember he was a schoolboy he was banging that's goals there. yeah yeah.
7: what is it about Willys and producing these centre forwards
1: yeah that's true It's a, that therein lies the question Barry unfortunately we don't have time for much more but thanks for your time we'll talk soon thanks very much Ronan. not at all Barry Ryan joining us there in the Premier League Banchi Celtic 4 V Rovers 1 V Rovers looking in trouble Peak Villa 4 Cashel Town 2 that's all we've time for tonight my thanks to everyone who contributed kind O'Connor produced. We'll talk to you next week. Good night and good luck.